Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my podcast. My name is Tapio Mafura, and I've got a special guest today, a teammate of mine, Reno Smith. Welcome, Reno. Cheers. Thanks, baby. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about everything rugby and the life outside of rugby and just getting to know a little bit more about you and getting into depth about uh, how you got to where you are right now and getting right into it. I just want to get into your rugby journey. Can you start by telling uh, the viewers and the listeners how your rugby career started and how you find yourself where you are right now? Okay, I'll, I'll try to congest the old 27-year journey into like <laughs> two minutes. Um, yeah. I grew up in a very uh, sport like crazed family, although we don't, pl- they don't play sport. They love watching sport, love supporting sport. My dad watches anything, yeah. and um, so I, I always grew up watching rugby. I, you know, you have your idols. I early on in my life, it was I heard names like Andre Hubert, yeah. obviously the fullback from the Springboks in the '95 World Cup. Later, a guy like Brayton Paulser, um, and then even later, a guy like Gio Aplon, yeah. who now hopefully this great. year will be able to play against. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's cool. But anyways, um, so then I went to school, never the best player in my team, um, always kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. And then I went to um, a big rugby school in Paul, Paul Boys High, and um, got the shock of my life when I arrived there and played under 14D, bro. Yeah. It's you know you know how D team you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're so D team you didn't even get one minute for the C. Yeah. It was like that. It was bad. And um I just remember my dad sitting me at the table one night. I was Depro coming back from training and he just said, Look, if you if you wanna make it, like it's up to you. Stun. Some people's story is they go on to play the spring box, others story is that they end up playing first team at Boys Eye and that's as high as they go. Yeah. But I determined my roof or my ceiling. And um, I just told him, look, what, I'm going to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to play for Boys Eyes first team. So initially, that was my goal. I played in the 15 second team and then yeah. under 16A and then and, and then third team in my grade 11 year and then eventually first team in my final. So that's how it went. At the end of my matric year, didn't have um, too many offers or any offers, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I just had a bursary at Northwest University. And um, man, truly, I feel like that was God's plan. And I just got there and every level that I I needed to, I kind of upped and, yeah. I, and I could compete at that level. And then the next level came and I could compete at that level. So it was never that I was better than my peers or anything like that. I just think I was fortunate that I was at the pick at the yeah. right time, played with guys like Akker van der Merwe, Sylvia Mauza. Um and um, later Johan Deisel and, and those guys. So I just think I was fortunate to be there at the right time. And um, luckily nobody, none of those brilliant players were in my position, man. So <laughs> I could I could survive week in, week out, play rugby. And that's how you, you get good, I think. So sure. post-school, played um, Leopards, junior rugby. Um, when I was 21, I wasn't in Vasi Cup squad, went and played sevens. Yeah. Uh, the Leopards ended up winning national sevens and Coach Rob saw me on TV and then he called me up into the squad, sat on the bench 2014, 2015, I was player of the year. Wow. 2016, we won it. Three finals, I was awesome. That's amazing. And um, in the middle of 2016, I went to the Sharks, got my Super Rugby debut. And um, yeah, it was tumultuous times at the Sharks. Yeah. I played under good good rugby players, needs to be said. When I got there, Pat Lambie was there, mm. um, Vali Leroux was there, later yeah. a guy like Kerwin Bosch, now Apalele Fassi. So yeah. I was there at a, at a tough time, but I learned a lot. Loved Durban, my wife and I miss it so much. Yeah. But um, yeah, lessons were learned, mistakes were made, and now I'm better for it. 2018, I went to the Blitzbocker, played two tournaments for the Blitzbocker. It was an incredible experience learned what training hard really means and um, 
yeah, got to travel some amazing places, wonderful culture in that team as well. And um, yeah, also then eventually got my, I signed here at the Cheetahs and now we're here. That's amazing, I should say. I mean, your career has just been flourishing and your CV is just amazing. Just hearing everything that you've said, it's, it's not easy to be where you are right now. And with everything that you've said, I just want to find out from your point of view, what you think it is that a player needs to do to make it as a pro. And then once you've made it as a pro, what is it that you need to do to stay a pro? Because we've seen some people that, that have made it and they didn't last long or some people that were on the road to making it, but they didn't end up making it there. Mm. So what do you think? Man, I, I think it's such a difficult thing. Um, everyone doesn't start at the same place. And then the, the best way I can see it is, let's say, so I'm from Cape Town. I'm yeah. now living in Bloemfontein. If you looked at the map of South Africa, mm. Cape Town, Bloom, there is a straight line from Cape Town to Bloom. Yeah. But there's also a scenic route if you go along the N2, along the coast. Mm. There's also a long dry route if you go up to um, Northern Cape and then you kind of make your way back. Yeah. And um, my feeling is just that um, everyone must be able to, must be willing to find their own path, write their own story, um, learn their own lessons and become better by it. Yeah. Some guys, uh, I mentioned a good friend of mine, we roomed together for two and a half years, Cohen, yeah. Cohen Bosch. He, he's one of the, the fortunate few. He, he played schoolboy rugby one year and the very next year he got his super rugby debut. Yeah. The very next year he became a springbok. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It's, it's not everyone that that happens to. Yeah. And if you get out of bed as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old and you think, man, by the time I'm 19, I can have two caps to the box, whatever, yeah. then you're on a you're probably on a road to disaster because True. it really, he's the exception to the rule. Mm. Um, for me, if I had to give... Um, yeah, if I had to give advice, I would say to young schoolboys or whatever coming through, their goal should be to go to university and study and play Varsity Cup. It's the best way to get exposure and play high-level rugby yeah. um, in South Africa. That's my belief. That's how I got here. That's how you got here. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and then if worse comes to worse, after three years, you don't make it to professional rugby. At least you leave the rugby environment with a degree. Yeah. Um, that for me is how you do it because not only does uh, playing rugby and studying teach you discipline um, and determination it also just it, it forces you into living a balanced life man if Oaks are just playing rugby at 19 they think they're living in movies and stuff where yeah. they're just spending dollar bills going yeah. out partying True. Um, and that you, it, you doesn't know, last, I, it doesn't last yeah. it doesn't last and that's no true. way to become a professional so no, that is true yeah, my advice, get a contract at the university and study and play. And if you happen to break through, then great, then go for it. Those are some wise words. Uh, I, I think the listeners are really going to appreciate that because that is true, everything that you're saying. I mean, sometimes people forget that there are stuff, uh, things such as injuries. And mm. once you get an injury and if you mm. don't have a degree or education behind your back, you can get... Uh, you can find yourself in no man's land, you know. So I, I really appreciate those wise words from you. Before the season was stopped because of the corona pandemic, you were on fire, man. We played the same <laughs> position and I just have to say, you are someone that I look up to. And you were just blazing, scoring tries, doing everything. You were the complete playmaker. Um, and then the coronavirus came, it stopped everything. Um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, mm. we're back to training now and the Curry Cup might start soon. What is your motivation going into the Curry Cup that's coming and the Pro 14 mm. that might start whenever we find out whenever it's going to start? Yeah, man, first off, thank you. I appreciate that. Coming from, like you say, position to position. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah, it was good. We really 
it feels like a cheetah so we're busy turning a, a leaf or we're still there I yeah. think um, just mentally guys are now ready to win they're not just there to compete anymore um, so yeah I think that's what perhaps started that um, turn of form for many of us I was fortunate to be on the the try scoring end of many other guys line breaks and then I was just there right place right time mm-hmm. um, but it, my answer for how do I think I why did I play so well initially and what my motivation is now moving forward yeah. is the same it's that as I mentioned my time at the Sharks bro I was there for three and a half years four seasons yeah. and I only made played 14 Super Rugby games that's that's a lot if you'd have told me that before my career I would have taken it but yeah. a guy like Apulele Fassi for instance may played his first Super Rugby season last year and he's already got more caps than me he's got 23 I think that is a lot in two years yeah. and I played four years and I've got 13 yeah. so th- the point is just that I was there and I was. it was difficult times for me, week in, week out. I'm disappointed I'm not making a team. And then I came to the Cheetahs and, and for no apparent reason, the coaches here and the staff here backed me. And I had to repay that um, confidence they uh, have in me yeah, with, yeah. by playing well. That's the first thing. The second is, I can only play rugby for that long. My wife and I are married now for about two years. Now in two weeks, we'll be married for two years. Yeah. And the thing is, man, if all the, the, the ups and downs I go through, she's with me there all the way. And... How can I repay all of the sacrifices she makes? Yeah. Um, I need to play well so that we are in a position where uh, we not only can take care of ourselves, but the future kids that we plan to have, our parents, my parents, um, her, her family, um, we have a role to play in all of these people's lives. And sure. for me, it's easy if I score a few tries on the weekend, thousand people will tap my back and say, well done. Yeah. But nobody cares about my wife sitting at home. That is true. So I need to repay my wife's sacrifices by playing well, man. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Three years is a long time to be depressed. And I won't say depressed, but it's a long time to be in a hole. Yeah, that and, is true. Uh, yeah, I have to repay it. That is true. And um, I mean, I touched on the, on the coronavirus. I just want to know what the influence it's had on you in the time that we weren't training and playing. Um, what's the influence that it's had on you? I mean... We might get back to playing now, yeah. but I don't think we're going to have any fans or people mm. supporting. What's that going to do yeah. to um, your game? I think, I think first off, it's going to force us to rethink everything. In South African, the South African rugby spectrum yeah. is going to be turned on its head within the next few weeks because competitions are being shifted yeah. and money and players are moving. So um, when it's like that, then it's always something's bound to happen. True. Somebody's bound to draw the short end of the... Yeah, of the the stick here. So, yeah. I guess we'll have to take whatever comes our way um, when it comes. But as far as Corona, for me, it was a good time for me to invest in my body. Awesome. I am. Um, I was playing quite a lot before. I played 13 from 13 yeah. games. Um, not complaining at all, but I played 18 minutes in all of them, but one. So I only yeah. missed nine minutes out of 13 games, yeah. and it was a lot for my ankles in particular. My ankles and my calves were giving me trouble. So mm-hmm. I could spend time doing rehab and prehab, yeah. which was great. I could spend most of the days with my wife, which some days uh, became a lot. <laughs> We've never spent that much time <laughs> together. So, watch this. <laughs> hey man, hey, it's the truth. Yeah. So um, so. So, uh, yeah, we, we got to learn new things about one another as well, you know, these, yeah. and um, it also gave us time to just invest and make phone calls we've been putting off for months and days and years. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was, for, for me, I think there was a lot happening across the world and people were dying and it's really, really bad. And yeah. um, you don't want to say there was a silver lining or whatever, but if we had to take any good from it, it was that 
There's, there was so much time that we could allocate to things that otherwise are put on the back burner normally. True, true. Um, yeah, my academics as well, I'm studying as well. So it was great for me to be able to pour all of that time into my academics again, yeah. into my relationship with not only my wife and but and our family, but also just for us to sit down and plan what the future holds for us. So yeah. That's awesome, man. That's some positive stuff. And um, you're, I hear you mentioning your wife. Tell us more about your marriage life and how long have you been with your wife and where did you guys meet? And all right, so, how's everything? Um, going yeah so as i mentioned i studied in porch um and um uh, my wife and i met she was in the the ladies one ladies res and i was in a male res and we had a for the year you kind of you marry a female res and a male res uh, marries up and you do all of the the activities moving forward so i was on the house committee of ours and she was on the house committee of theirs and we were forced to work together basically yeah. and um, yeah we kind of hit it off she had a best friend or still has a best friend and um, I have a best friend and the, the four of us just got along really well yeah. and uh, the two of us started dating probably five months into our um, supposedly working relationship Yeah. Um, and then yeah we kind of stuck it out so it's been it's been a while We this year we'll be together six years yeah, six years this year. Wow. Um, and we've been married. We got married on the 18th of August, 2018. So, in, as I say, in two, two weeks two from years. now, yeah. um, it'll be two years, man. And it's That's amazing. Yeah, you learn a lot about one another. You learn a lot about yourself in marriage. Yeah. But it truly is worth the wait. It truly is everything that I believe God ordained it to be, man. It's amazing. So, yeah. That's great to hear. I mean, do you have something planned for the two year anniversary? Or? Um, man, you Are know, you Bloom, is, Bloom is just bubbling over with things to do <laughs> on your anniversary. So no, I don't know. We'll we'll figure something out. Yeah. But um, yeah, the standard's been set with years gone by now. So yeah. hopefully I can just keep incrementally climbing the ladder. Because what you don't want is to, on your second year anniversary, shoot the lights out. Yeah. And then you can't better it for the rest of your I life, you. you know. I hear you. And if you weren't playing rugby, what would you be doing right now? Yo, I don't know, man. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm trying, obviously, to put things in place for when rugby's done as well. So I yeah. guess the best answer I can give you is that is that I'm hoping to when I'm done with rugby, I never have to work in yeah. inverted commas work a day in my life. Yeah, I hope I have enough fingers in enough pies that. Um, I'm getting like kind of passive income from all over and that I'm okay to get up and work if I want. Yeah. Rather than work nine to five for a boss. Yeah. But um, I'm currently studying law and I have a, a BCom degree as well. So that's awesome. I'm hoping that uh, that'll <laughs> come through and that I can stick it out and yeah. get the degree. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I just have a passion to um, speak to people like me. Um, if I think of myself 10, 15 years ago, yeah. what, what do I wish? What conversation do I wish I had then to have potentially changed the course of my life? Yeah. Um, I grew up with kids um, in the neighborhood that I, I live in um, and, or where my parents live in, sorry. Yeah. And just where they are now and where I am now is not the same, but we started at the same place. And I, I, my personal feeling is I was fortunate. I went to good schools and I could interact with a, with a kid whose dad's a doctor or whose dad's an engineer. And that kid has a different view and a perspective of life than the kids that live in and around where I grew up. So, man, I just I just hope that I can use the, the various platforms that I have now, that I'm privileged to have now, and speak into people's lives and potentially change one person's life. Then I think I've 
I guess done my part. So yeah, man, if I have to be a lawyer in the end to pay the bills, I'm gonna do it. But that's not a bad option. No, that's not bad. With that being said, what advice could you give uh, up and coming rugby players that look up to you? Um, yourself, maybe if you were uh, the young version of yourself, mm. what would you tell yourself? Yeah, the South African rugby runs on big boys that can carry the ball well, that make big tackles. Yeah. I'm not like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not, right from the start, I'm not built like that. <laughs> so um, my advice would be to find what it, what it is that makes you unique and work really hard at that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and back yourself. For a long time, I was so scared of making mistakes that I ended up doing nothing. Yeah. And I would really just encourage people, find something that makes you better than them. Find something that instills fear in your opponent's eyes. And then you keep going with that one thing. All right, man. Thank you so much. That is some great advice. I just want to thank you once again for joining me on my podcast. This is the first episode. And mm. hopefully people get to enjoy it and learn uh, more about you and get into depth about who you really are. Um, hopefully we can have you again. And mm. I just want to thank uh, Career Magazine for hosting this and helping us achieve our dreams. Sure, man. No way. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Cheers. Man.